That is the only way to change the industry. It's up to the consumer to demand it. If you continue to be willing to do business the way of the horse trader and the caveman, don't expect car companies or dealers to change. Welcome to the Miles and the Markers podcast. I'm Gene Girdley. Today is Monday, May 30th. We're celebrating Memorial Day here. And I would like to express my thanks and gratitude to all the families of service members who have died in the line of duty, as well as those who continue to serve our country. Um, I did not have the honor of serving in the military, though I had two stepdads who did, one in the Air Force and one in the Navy. And uh, they served with distinction. I did get an opportunity as a young man to spend a lot of time around an Air Force base. My stepdad was in charge of a commissary in Hawaii. And so I had an opportunity to visit many a time, as well as when my mom was doing entertaining, she would entertain at military bases quite often, and I got a chance to visit there. So I very much love our military, and I'm grateful. And so today we are going to get into a very long segment in the book. In fact, it's probably the longest mile, so to speak, because there's a side street, or what I like to call a trip down Saturn Way. This is mile 22, and it's titled, Goals Can Be Achieved. And along the way, I get into detail about the Saturn story, or what I have perceived as the Saturn story based on my experience and the experience of others who were deeply involved with Saturn Corporation. In fact, before I wrote this chapter, I sent it off to several of my colleagues at Saturn, those who actually were more in the know than me, because I wanted to make sure that it wasn't just my opinion uh, or the opinion of some writers or reporters who reported when Saturn actually closed for business. So let's get into it. Mile 22, goals can be achieved. And for those who didn't hear mile 21, uh, you might want to go back to that and hear about the article that was written because that sets the tone. This uh, book is written in somewhat chronological order. But there had been an article written about me, and I start this mile or chapter with not long after the article hit the newsstand, parentheses, yes, they still had those back then. There was another call from Joe, meaning Joe Jordan. This time, it was the call. From the very first visit to Spring Hill and my first experience with Saturn culture, I was hooked. If my calling wasn't a full-time evangelist for God, my second choice was to be part of a company with a vision to treat people with honesty, integrity, and respect. 
I could be who I wanted to be and help others be successful too. An interview was set and a trip was needed to fly to Nashville. Saturn paid for the trip, which was five hours there, an hour and a half with the interview team at the Nashville International Airport in a meeting room within the terminal and five hours back. Now keep in mind that this was before 9-11. So corporations had access to just come in and have meetings in those rooms, um, which is not possible any longer. I mean, it may be possible, but you would have to go through some special security to make that happen. I prepared a presentation as requested and my speaking training and coaching experiences paid off. I did okay. It felt like a month before the call came from Saturn, but it was only a week. Memory fails me now as to whether it was Joe who called, but I practically peed myself. <laughs> and if any of you have read my article on LinkedIn or even an earlier chapter here that set the tone for this book where I, as a little boy, was standing at second base and uh, actually because I was afraid that my dad would get mad at me for having to leave the field to go to the bathroom, I just wet myself right there. And uh, so this was kind of a, a play on that. I practically peed myself again, uh, if you were reading this chronologically. I was sitting in the finance office at the time and my reaction was to hang up the phone and let out a quiet but audible yelp. <laughs> the walk to Dennis's office was brisk. Were my feet actually on the ground? He looked at me like a proud father who was about to lose his son going to college. But it was bittersweet. We had some fantastic times together and they were going to be missed. But one crucial thing remained. It was policy at Saturn not to hire anyone from a retail partner without a signed agreement in the form of an official letter from the dealer. I wasn't worried, but I had to rely on my general manager's willingness to lose a top performer to allow me to live my dream. Well, it couldn't have gone better. Steve, my general manager, was so excited for me and he even said that by helping the corporation as a whole, it would be assisting the dealership. No wonder this organization was and always will be an example of great leadership. I had been on quite a journey. I had hoped that things would happen more rapidly, but everything fell into place exactly as it should. Remember, diamonds require a lot of time and a great deal of pressure to convert them from a lump of coal to a beautiful gem. One Psalm says, Quote, wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord, end quote. And now it's time for the trip down Saturn Way. I had the opportunity to work with Saturn directly as a trainer for a combined four years. It's sad when I bring Saturn up, tell stories of things I'm proud of, and all that Saturn accomplished, and then I hear someone say, quote, well... Saturn's out of business, end quote. Typically, that comment comes from someone 
at a GM dealership or the UAW who facilitated Saturn's demise and continues to speak negatively about the Saturn brand. Now, again, I just want to pause here and remind everybody that this is not just my opinion. Dozens of people that worked at Saturn that I have talked to have shared that I am right on track with this. The articles are easy to find. I had close connections inside Saturn and General Motors at the time, so I know what happened. The different kind of company isn't gone because of its strategy, vision, or original leadership. It wasn't due to a lack of sales. It had to do with an attitude of jealousy among other General Motors brands and union leadership. Saturn was a threat, pure and simple. What's interesting to me, especially in the world of automotive, is that today, more and more companies are implementing strategies that were standard, everyday stuff at Saturn. The Saturn values have been rewritten and repurposed to provide exceptional customer experiences in more ways and with more companies than any other sales process with which I'm familiar. How many other automotive companies have had college courses written about their business model and customer strategy? I will continue to defend Saturn's reputation and the things they stood for, for their employees and their customers. I repurposed their materials for other manufacturers and helped turn those manufacturers' SSI sales and CSI customer satisfaction index around significantly due to Saturn's strategies. Sadly, they weren't able to sustain those ideas because you have to get buy-in throughout an organization in order to maintain success. The Saturn values included commitment to customer enthusiasm, commitment to excel, trust and respect for the individual, teamwork, and commitment to continuous improvement. Strategies like no hassle, no haggle, cash values for trade-ins, and 30-day money-back guarantee were put in place to create a level of enthusiasm unequaled even by luxury brands. These values are similar to the principles I train with the fish philosophy. People forget how Saturn came to be. They don't remember the story about the group of 99 and all their research. The 2 million man hours invested with customers and dealers made Saturn unique. I have never heard of a manufacturer that consistently topped the JD Power SSI index and CSI index for five consecutive years except for Saturn. But when GM tried to convert Saturn back to the traditional model, Skip LaFoe, Saturn's then president, responded with something like, everyone else should adapt to the way we do business rather than us adapting to the way they do business. And he was right. Other luxury brands, like Lexus, adopted elements of Saturn's consultative sales process. Once they did, they returned, as any expensive product should, to the top of the SSI and CSI list. But instead of listening to Skip, GM promoted him right out of Saturn and sent him to Europe where he couldn't cause trouble. It's sad how petty jealousy and attitudes of superiority led to the demise of a brand millions of people embraced. Here's the real tragedy. Not much has changed in the automotive industry since then. Oh, there have been a few attempts, but you can't take a jackrabbit and ask it to act like an eagle. The automotive industry is more of a caterpillar needing to become a butterfly, 
but it refuses to climb the tree to make the cocoon. There has to be a metamorphosis for change to occur. Every aspect of leadership and processes needs to change at the cellular level. COVID-19 may sadly be the catalyst that forces the industry to behave the way customers want them to act. I'm still not convinced the automotive industry will change. Major manufacturers still play by the same rulebook they've played under for decades. While small businesses have to operate by different rules, major automotive manufacturers get special privileges from governments, and they continue to act as if the consumer owes them something. This type of attitude filters down to dealerships and causes them to play by unethical, unfair, and sometimes illegal rules. Union bosses still manipulate both manufacturers and their members to stay in power. Today's consumers are tired of the nonsense. Of course, as I write this, we're battling a national shutdown due to COVID-19. And because automotive manufacturers are uniquely tool enabled to provide things like ventilators and masks to the federal government, they're all praised as heroic. They are not heroes. If they had any choice in the matter, most automotive companies wouldn't do it. The work many are doing on behalf of the pandemic is a political move and nothing more. In 2008, an opportunity to diversify my client portfolio came up, but the training partner I worked for under contract with General Motors complained how badly they needed me to continue working for GM alone. As a result, I made the mistake of agreeing to provide 100% of my work to General Motors. Four months later, the day before General Motors received $17 billion from the federal government, I received a call canceling all my contracts. There was no recourse to receive any money due me under the cancellation agreement because General Motors filed for bankruptcy. Others suffered too. Yet as a Christian, we're supposed to be about love, acceptance, and forgiveness. It's important to consider what we do with others' pain, whether an individual or a company. It may seem like I'm bitter toward General Motors, and I suppose if one could be angry, I would certainly have the right to be. I'm not because it was Roger Smith and General Motors who created Saturn and indirectly my career. For that, I'm grateful. On the other hand, books like J. Patrick Wright's On a Clear Day You Can See General Motors blew the lid off the automotive giant's inner workings back in the late 1970s, and it appears those attitudes have never entirely left the culture. I hope this part of the story will encourage consumers to rise and demand experiences based on their wants and needs, rather than the needs of board members, governments, union leaders, and a few unethical dealerships. Customers have the power of the purse. They don't have to buy products from companies continuing to leverage them through manipulation and gamesmanship. Find a company and a dealership who treats you with integrity, honesty, transparency, and respect. Do business with them and leave the rest behind. That is the only way to change the industry. It's up to the consumer to demand it and force its stock value to plummet. If you continue to be willing to do business the way of the horse trader and the caveman, don't expect car companies or dealers to change. And now the mile marker. Understand what motivates you and why you do what you do. Leverage this to ensure you're on the right path toward achieving your goals. If you believe it, you will act upon it. 
Thank you so much for listening to the Miles and the Markers podcast. Again, it is the podcast of the book by the same name, The Miles and the Markers, available on Amazon. You can go to Amazon and search Gene Girdley if you are interested in purchasing the book, 52 Weeks of Experiences to Improve Your Life and Enhance Your Journey. Until next time, I'm Gene Girdley. Thank you so much, and God bless. Thank you.